Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. How does an average 17 year old build a 95 truck, $1.9 million a month empire? At 17, you bought two trucks. How in the world does a 17 year old accomplish that? The problem with trucking is that it's lucrative. So the first customer absolutely was, was Amazon. I booked 52 loads with them in one day. You will find the work, I guarantee you. Our highest paying customers can go up to seven to $12,000 per week. Because at the time I didn't have the capital. Oh, wow. It's what kills companies. Those are your first three avenues into success in the trucking game. Well, it all happened once he realized this one life principle. And we're about to find out what it is. What's going on, Andrew? How are we doing? Good morning, my friend. Tell us where we are, Andrew. This is a big, massive lot, but what's your relationship with these guys here? Right here, I mean, you're gonna have a lot of uh, trucking yards that you know are basically yards where people don't wanna sell their area just yet and because eventually they'll build multifamily properties. And so that's what allows us to take advantage of it is truck parking. At this point, I've leased about half of the entire place. No way. Because we just go cool. spot by spot, which each one costs roughly around $100, $200 per spot. By the time you get up in the, the spots, I get a little cheaper sometimes but it just depends on the owner. How many spots do you have here, uh, roughly? So I don't go by spots anymore. We go okay. by acreage, which is roughly around four and a half. In regards to storage and, and rent is basically roughly around 31,000. 31 grand just to park your fleet? Yes. And that's Don't you wish thing. you had your own property, you could park it all at? Yeah, absolutely, and, and that, that is the that's next crazy. stage for us. I mean, we're, okay. we're focused on uh, trying to expand to the point where we see something sustainable and we create a terminal for ourselves. And, and that's always been the next step for me. All right, so we're heading to the next lot, which was what, your original lot, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that at 17, you bought two trucks. How in the world does a 17-year-old accomplish that? found the first two units at my local Freightliner. Brand um, new? No, they were used. At that point, what I did was I figured out what are my best steps for financing. I looked at zero down. Zero down came with great terms, but at the same time, long term, it was not gonna be favorable. Yeah. But that's what I went with, because at the time, I didn't have the capital. Oh, wow. What did you, your business plan look like then, yeah, Andrew? It was a simple five-page document along with the call, because they talked, the, the financier, the decision maker calls you as well. But basically, he looked at who I was working with, Amazon, and how much freight that they had. Uh, when it comes to the truck costs themselves, you're looking at roughly around $1,700 for each truck. Um, and then after that $1,700, you're looking at insurance, you're looking at fuel, and then you're also looking at driver. Okay. And so uh, overall, you're looking at per month, that unit's cost was around the thirty-five to 4000 mark. This guy grew from two trucks, four, 10, 17, and now 95 in a matter of years. If you guys want to know the secret to how he's scaling so quickly, keep watching to find out. What do I need to budget for to start a trucking business? Can you elaborate more on that and help our viewers understand that it is possible and here's what it looks like? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it definitely is possible with the right opportunity. Initially, you have to budget for, for the right truck. I mean, overall, if you're gonna buy used, 
tread carefully. A lot of times guys are gonna put a lot of lipstick on some pigs. And so you have to be wary of what to look for. If you don't have that experience, find drivers or find inspectors that can help you. The cost for fuel is roughly around 60 to 70 cents per mile. And that's just for fuel surcharge. You also have to account for repairs. Initially, this was back then, 10 to 12% of any revenue is gonna go straight back into the unit in some way, shape or form. If you already know how to drive, you've had some experience doing that, right. you have a higher success rate. But if you're gonna come in and you just wanna own trucks, the barrier to entry is definitely going to be the issue for you because the knowledge gap is the reason why trucking companies fail. So what was the biggest struggle in the first year or two of you starting AJG? So for me, the biggest struggle in business right from the beginning was figuring out the finances because the problem with trucking is that it's lucrative. You're going to see that opportunities were there. However, one tire is your entire profit that week no with way. the truck. You have one to five trucks, you're going to worry about fuel every single week. And that's why we had fuel cards in place early. Mm -hmm. And so one big key for me is right when you start, have the opportunity first before you get into trucking it's really hard whenever you got a truck it's brand new it looks great you have a driver but you don't know who to talk to and you go to a load board it's what kills companies so you got your first two trucks yeah right we talked about that on our way here how did you find your first two customers who were they if you can give us a quick story on that yeah absolutely so the first customer absolutely was was amazon so amazon was big throughout that uh, 2015 all the way to 2019 period before everybody and their mother got in mm -hmm. we were able to to take advantage of that opportunity now after amazon then we figured out we can't just keep our customer base at just one what's the fastest way to find business customers and and get those trucks busy getting to work and really looking at all the brick and mortar suppliers around you then after that focusing on asking other trucking companies if they have any uh, overflow your usual brokerages and load boards are going to help you to an extent but i cannot stress it enough make sure that you find the opportunity first before buying the truck for me, our, a big goal of, of ours was to pair up with a couple brokers, find the shippers of, of where they're at, and make sure that we can service them well. By the time we finished the end of our relationship, I remember I booked 52 loads with them in one day. How many trucks do you have today? Today, we have 95 trucks in Wow, our dude. That's amazing. How much does it cost to acquire a new one, on average? On average, you're looking at a usual down payment of at least five to 10%. Usually it could be around 15 to 20,000, given we only bad. buy brand new trucks. Okay, I was gonna ask, so you're just new trucks, you don't Correct. buy anything used, why is that? We need to make sure that those trucks are not breaking down. Yeah. The biggest thing with used trucks, drivers and usually owners sell problems. They don't sell their best trucks. Mm -hmm. And so whenever it comes to finding different units out there when you're starting out, it's so important for you to focus on the inspections and partnering up with a great repair shop that'll give you the actual answers to your truck. What are they costing you these days, my friend? Luckily for us, we've been we've partnered up with several factories for quite some time, and we try to buy ahead of time. So I, if I'm if I'm buying anything, I'm buying something for next year at cost versus something that is a premium from a dealership. At a dealership, your your truck is usually looking from for a Kenworth or a Freightliner is looking at one hundred and ninety five two hundred thousand dollars. However, for us, we mainly focus on uh, buying in bulk, or we'll exchange what we have in order to make sure that we have the most efficient units which can average out about 174000 So you're, you're having some extreme savings, but at the same time, it's only available <clears throat> when you buy in groups. Gotcha. Look at this guy talking about buying trucks in bulk. I mean, I buy sour strips in bulk, you know, $3 <laughs> pack of sour candies. And yeah. you're talking buying bulk, 200000 a pop. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> 
In this industry, what are the profit margins in general that you want to shoot for, and where would you say your company is at, yeah. aiming for? Absolutely. So, of course, with the volume that we have, profit margins get slimmer and slimmer because we care more about the volume in general. Mm -hmm. Usually, we're looking at around uh, anywhere between six to eight percent net profit yeah. from from our total revenue, and that Not is bad. basically after I, I take care of everyone in office, take care of drivers, and. Everything. Mostly, all that profit, net profit margin goes straight into developing the next nest egg for the growth of the business or for a, a wall that we can make to prevent any type of issues in the future from a financial perspective. As you started scaling, right, you faced rough months, long days, constant struggle, hustle. I mean, it was real. Yeah. How did you weather that storm? As a business owner, nobody's going to tell you to get off your phone and figure the problem out. Right. And a lot of times, we, you're getting put in those scenarios where you really don't want to do it, and there's another person, just another little voice in your head that's telling you to go do it. And it's developing that mm. little voice and allowing it to grow inside of your mindset and let it become part of your identity. When it comes to stress and when it comes yeah. to the long constant mental marathon that is business. One of the biggest keys that I had uh, was uh, basically treating motivation like brushing your teeth. I mean, every day I was not there, ready to go all the ways at 100%. But I really took mind of what I was ingesting from in information-wise. Okay. I wasn't focused on the social media stuff. I was focused on stuff that was going to keep me sharp. You know, I, I would listen to Jim Rohn in the mornings. You guys had Bedros Koulian on yes. earlier, and yeah, I listened awesome, to him dude. all the time for because he's such an advocate for doing the hard things now and realizing that in today's world you can be pretty soft yeah, and yeah, that's super. something that I can really get behind and I can advocate for mm -hmm. because it was not easy and most people will figure that out early and quit early. Yeah. Blitz time with Andrew. Let's dive into it. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self, don't do this, what would that thing be? Stay off your phone. Stay off your phone. Best part of being an entrepreneur? The hustle and the grind. Worst part about being an entrepreneur? The sacrifices and the time away from family. Any uh, favorite podcasts or audiobooks for the road? Love the Jocko Willink podcast. I love the Bedros Koulian podcast a lot. I mean, yeah. BK does a lot for me when it comes to my mentality, keeping me sharp and keeping me encouraged. All right. If you weren't trucking or in trucking, what would you be doing? Uh, I'd probably be uh, in, in ministry. I mean, I think that uh, for me, my spiritual life That's is cool. extremely important and reaching out to others and encouraging others is something I always wanted to do. All right, a couple more. What price would you think about selling your business currently? <laughs> uh, Just throw a number out there. Give me Andrew. about 75 mil. Uh, 75 mil? For my, for my happiness, because I, I love this game. I mean, you, okay. can't, you can't put a price on love. But this guy knows his numbers. Yeah. If you could have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Definitely Jim Rohn. I, I'd want to see how he would have outfitted what, what I've done so far and, and mm -hmm. be able to you know, help me in my journey. Gotcha. Every business today needs a website, and Durable makes creating one easy. Durable is the fastest way to build your business's online presence. Generate a website in 30 seconds, done. Customize it, done. AI website builder with zero coding and design skills required, done. With just a few clicks, you can add Google reviews, chatbots, integrated contact forms, social media forms, and a ton more. Here's the kicker. Durable is more than just a website builder. Every Durable account comes with invoicing, marketing tools, and an AI-powered CRM. Everything you need to manage your business online. 
There's a reason more than 5 million small business owners have built their websites with Durable. Not only is it the fastest way to grow your business from idea to revenue, but it's free to publish your website and start booking jobs. Click the link below to set up your free account and create your business website today. Do you ever regret the sacrifices, the long days, the hard work, the hustle uh, for you to get to where you are today? Any person in this stage would say not at all. But will I say that there are some things that I wish I didn't miss? Absolutely. I think that one decision that I had to make, especially when I put my name on the door, was, hey, you are going to make those sacrifices. And now it allows me to really take in those simple things and really be excited about them. You know, mm -hmm. you go to the movies. I hadn't gone to the movies in years. And so going to our, our local movie theater one weekend because I finally had some time a couple of years back, it felt the world to me. And yeah. then of course, the little, things. the little things start to matter. And that's really what highlighted a lot for me. Now, I wanna spend as much time as I can with the people I hold dear. And also, I wanna be able to lift other people up and encourage others, uh, whether spiritually or whether from a philosophy standpoint. That's what's important for me. Did you guys know that only 19% of you who watch this channel frequently are subscribed? Do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe button. It not only helps Upflip, but the bigger we get, the bigger the guests get. What are the steps you took to go beyond Amazon as the initial client? Overall, we understood very early um, that this was not going to pay the bills for very long. And so what we did was we, we started talking to people. We started talking to different brokers, but we also we started talking to different shippers. And those shippers, whether in the uh, mail space, which we have good uh, good relationships with people in, in postal mail and also in other uh, UPS, etc. So we started to realize that we need to go out there and get it. And what we did, the first thing I remember, I was 20 years old. I had gotten the suit that I got for free because I bought a tux at prom. And I, I went out there, no hair on my chest, into Nashville, Tennessee area. I met up with these executives um, who didn't expect us, keep in mind. You know, we did a couple loads for them. They saw my rinky-dink website because I tried to have it as exposure early in, in trucking, a Google business listing at the minimum. They thought I was applying for an internship, but actually I was instead uh, telling them, hey, I'm here to haul your freight. I've done work with you in the past and I can do it cheaper and that started uh, to you know to where we are today it growing into a consistent relationship that we had through thick and thin where we can uh, find those direct contracts we did and we okay. saw the potential one other important aspect that I want to touch on is the revenue that each truck adds. Can you right. help us understand what that looks like as well? So when you're building out the revenue, what we really have to understand is the cost, right? So basically how we do it is cents per mile in our calculations. Cents per mile? Our cents per mile and, and dollar per mile, it, it costs me exactly, or I'd say around a dollar, a dollar twenty-five a mile to run a unit at any given time. Hmm. Now, after that, if you have any type of profit, you're gonna, we call our 2290 money, which is basically for your insurance, for all of your registration, for all of the upkeep of the unit and also making sure that you're all right with Uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. And so when it, by the time you get to that point, you're gonna have maybe two to 5% in regards to profit margins from wow. that point. But the revenue itself per week, it depends on the unit and the customer. Our highest paying customers can go up to seven to $12,000 per week on an, our, on, right. on an average. But at the same time, you have your lower paying customers that are also going around 5,000 per week. It all depends on the average for us. And that's usually where you're gonna see it. Got it. So at which point, Andrew, and now you've been in a uh, number of years, did you ever feel like, you know what, I've made it. Like, we're onto something, the company's operating, it's making money. Describe that feeling, that day, that moment in life, and any takeaways you wanna share. I will say that as a business owner, uh, those 
feelings are few and far between uh, because there's, the just, reality? there's just always something that that you're worried about that is going to happen especially in trucking and and for me uh, what what made me feel like i had something going on and we got something is uh, just basically whenever i see my team working uh, a couple and this was only uh, quite a few, i'd say six months ago where i see my team all working in unison and synchronicity and they're able to handle things and they tell me hey andrew don't worry about it we got it and that yeah. that made me feel great because I, I finally figured out, hey, I, I made a team, they're doing great, and they're able to automate a lot of this, this process that I never thought I could do. And you get those in business and they make all the struggles worth it. That's awesome. How did you prepare for the meeting with the executives in the automotive industry? I mean, you're young at that point. Yes, you had a suit. Yes, you looked good. But <laughs> give, a, give our audience the gold nuggets of really what had to happen for you to break through that point. So with me, I try to find things that we can relate on. That's a really big thing because, of course, we're both people. We both have loved ones. We both have passions. And so when you start to find those things that you both have common knowledge about, hey, this guy likes to play poker, during the conversation, find those things outside mm. of the business, outside of closing, that you can relate to and you can just talk about as people because that really humanizes you and keeps you out of being a number for them. Because a lot of times, these executives, they're being talked to from a, to a, from a bunch of yes men, from a bunch of people who want the business, and they just want some human human contact. It's real life in regards to logistics. Trucking can be fun and it has a lot of stories, but at the same time, it's a grueling process to get to that. Yeah. You won't know until you ask. Exactly. What's been the lowest point for you so far in the business, whether it was mentally, financially, overall? I mean, talk about rock bottom. I want to quit. What am I doing? So I think very early on, you have a couple of those moments. You know, trucking is not something that's going to be on the up and up at any given time. It's something that you have to be resilient. You have to expect problems and you have to adapt to that harsh environment. Sometimes though, at the same time, you look and you, you look across the corner and, and you see people who are, who are very successful or you see people enjoying their work-life balance mm -hmm. and it hits you. And that's what hit me probably around 10, 15 trucks. I remember a specific time where it was brand new. It was New Year's. Uh, I was at the yard. It was 1 a.m. Uh, I was not at New Year's with my family. Wow. Uh, I was getting ready for the new the new year, the, the rush that we had for our units. And I looked up at the sky. I said, why am I here? And I there doing? has to be a purpose for this. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, I kept on telling myself that there has to be a purpose for the type of work that we're putting in. There has to be a purpose. And uh, at that point, I knew for a fact I could, I, you know, the thoughts of going back to school, figuring something out. You, know, you, you think about it and, yeah. and, and it's not all just sunshine and rainbows. That's a guarantee. Quick stop. If you're juggling responsibilities but still have that entrepreneurial niche, make sure to make a pit stop at upflip.com. We've got that perfect game plan for you to start your business without dropping other commitments. Check it out. Show us what you got on the screen. We got our emails open, of course. You have your uh, Samsara. So Samsara Fleet is the one of the biggest reasons for success and scaling, in my opinion. Uh, we we really leverage Samsara to build our system uh, and allow us to to focus on um, just adding in units and knowing exactly where they're at. So whenever we see different units, you'll see the front of the unit. Uh, each unit That's has so a cool. forward-facing camera only, mm -hmm. uh, and then also you'll see that there are diagnostics for each unit. If 
if there's ever an issue and it allows my technicians to really get down and understand exactly what they need to repair quickly. We'll do a, a more in-depth dive into the systems, mm -hmm. but um, what else you got where you got the, the yeah, to-do so, list? Yeah, we got the to-do list. I use Todoist a lot for everything. It keeps everything outside of my head and into a platform that way I can when I spend time with family I can do that when mm -hmm. I spend time at work I know exactly what I need to cover at the very beginning of the day I recommend it it's really tedious and hard initially but it, it helps those guys who analyze and think a little too much what about zoom what's going on there so this is my zoom uh, overall for for zoom we have a 24-hour zoom with my entire team you'll see people who have screens all patched up mm -hmm. and they are all in different workstations and areas whether they're uh, working remotely whether they're working from around the world um, they are helping me with my logistics and tracking and tracing and communicating in Talking this distinct other. area at all times and so it helps me keep a finger on the pulse but also it helps them solve problems as a team because in in my system in my culture they win as a team or lose as one you've had a lot of success building a strong team what's your secret to managing folks managing people and then here's the other thing you're 26 and you've got somebody that's 50 working for you is there a dynamic shift there and what are you learning through that experience to become a better leader even in that situation? I think being an example is one of the most important things that you can do when it comes to being a leader inside of your workplace. There are things that I do that, uh, you know, I stay in late or I'm, I'm so focused on my company that my teammates, uh, my associates and, and all my employees, they try to strive to being. And that's what also allowed me to create a more lean culture, uh, a more lean group of employees where usually you'd have guys who'd have 45 employees doing a, a whole bunch of different things. You'll see us actually working with 15 to 20 people and, and those 15 to 20 guys, I've recruited them personally because I see a specific characteristic and that is their drive and ambition to be successful. What's your advice to business owners in general, entrepreneurs, people who currently own small trucking companies but want to scale and or future wannabe owners as well? What, what do you want to tell them? The thing is, when I see uh, people who are going to uh, come into trucking, you're either in 100% or you're in and out and you're going to sell the truck. And so me being transparent, uh, if you're going to be 100% uh, uh, in for the, for, the, for the long run, let's make it happen. And then you can start developing systems. You can start focusing on finding the right drivers for you or if you're driving or you can finally start to focus on finding those new shippers and customers. Those are your first three avenues into success in the trucking game. The second piece, which would be managing your truck in general, make sure that you're doing your due diligence uh, times 15. Why? Because that truck is gonna pay for your family's food and you need to make sure that that truck is going to sustain the length of time that you're gonna finance that unit. If you find a good opportunity, and you feel like you can execute, make sure that you have the work before you get the truck. If you already have a truck and you're trying to look for work, make sure that you go out and talk to 100 different brokers, shippers, people, make a goal quickly because then you will find the work, I guarantee you. Some guys out there are just asking for you to come in and help them. It may not be for the rate that you want, but eventually you will be successful and find the things that you need. At the beginning of this video, I said that there was a moment in your life when you realized this one life principle. Well, it all happened once he realized this one life principle, right? That, that you realize not only can make you money, but really it was a game changer, the trajectory that you took from then. Can you elaborate on what that was, when that was, and what do you learn from it? 
Yeah, it's definitely workers mentality. A lot of times we're going to be put in the grass is always greener scenario. I know for sure that I did. Oh, he made and, it. It's yeah. easier for him. Exactly. Right? You see the cars, you see the lifestyle, you see all this stuff, you see the, the parties and stuff. And it's going to say, why am I not there? That's the wrong question. Hmm. It's saying, hey, what can I do right now in my situation? What is in my control that will allow me to be better? And, and that is putting my nose down on, on the grindstone and just getting to work. That was my answer until I found out that, hey, there's potential here. I think this, all this work put me to this point. Let me take advantage of this opportunity and so on and so forth. Let's head out back to the lot, say hi to mechanics, take a look at the operations of, you know, taking care of your fleet and so on. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you'll, see some, you'll see some great stuff out there. We got different types of trailers, so it'll be, it'll be good. Awesome. Let's do it. You've got guys working on your own trucks, but at which point in the business did you realize I need to handle service myself? Right. What did it cost you to get all this going? Do you own it? Do you lease it? Elaborate yeah. on all of it. So of course with just the land overall we leased it. I mean you're looking at consistently $6,000 a month and, and just here in general for the yard mm -hmm. and also for the repair shop. And we've we've outfitted it ourselves a little bit. We added some concrete where we needed to so that our guys can work safely. Mm -hmm. And then of course for the shop itself, whenever you're starting out, you know, you're only starting out with a couple toolboxes and that's stuff that we did ourselves or also we had additional servicemen would come in and they would come in with their own tools. A lot of guys have their own tools if they're uh, mechanics that have been inside of dealerships for some time. Mm -hmm. If you pay them well, they'll bring their own tools initially. And, and of course, if you take care of them, it helps a lot. Is there anything cool that uh, you want our audience to see at this particular location? Trucks, cars? Oh yeah, where, you wanna, where do we want to go next? So I got my newest truck, 747. Probably my favorite number, because of course you have your usual Boeing 747s. Oh, yeah. We got a, a few other specific trailers out here. We have also my mobile repair unit. These guys love to take pride in it. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that's basically let's my go, shop overall. Let's go, let's go check it out. Awesome. What are some of your tips with the experience you have now to land big name companies as you know contracts? And so we talked a little bit about you know your, your presentation with the, the other CEOs, but any other experiences that you've really learned from and gotten better to, to secure those kind of deals? Uh, I would say number one is face-to-face -face contact is far more successful than a phone call mm -hmm. because then it allows you to say, hey, I'm Take above note. the rest mm -hmm. in regards to you know my competition. Maybe I might provide the same amount of service. Maybe mine is better. You won't know, but you will know that I am willing to go the extra mile because I'm willing to come and meet you. The second bullet is actually being about that work. And when I say that, I mean, hey, whenever you're going to say to a, a CEO, hey, call me at 2 a.m. and see what happens. Most Gotcha. Most of the time, whenever I do that, and I told I tell people that you're gonna have a phone, uh, somebody answer. They're gonna say, "Hey, what do you need? Is everything okay? Can we help you in some way?" And that was something I take pride in. And so, find your niche of where you provide service that is above or, and separate from everyone else. Mm -hmm. Everybody does trucking. Everybody can say that their on-time performance is great. Yeah. Everybody can say that their service is great. But the difference is that, hey, if you need somebody who's going to be with you in the hard times, let me prove to you that I can be there when it's hard. And give me a challenge. Give me a situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I can only give you this freight, and it's $1.15 a mile. Well, okay, you know what? Is If this is an avenue to develop a relationship, right. I'll help Might you out. Worth it. I'll make you some money. No problem. But in the future, I know that you'll repay me because mm -hmm. I know that the or, or maybe you won't. But that's just how my character is proven in general, because I know that our service is what matters. Yeah. And that's what sustains businesses. 
Tell us about the mobile unit. How many units do you have so far? Yeah, so overall, we have a couple of mobile units. This one is the one that I wanted to take most pride in investment in. Of course, it's gonna have the name on the doors mm -hmm. as well, but this unit can do anything. I mean, when Fully it comes to repairs. Yeah. I mean, you have the crane that's gonna be able to hook onto, you know, in desperate situations, hook onto a couple, an engine, and then pull the engine out. Oh, you wow. have, you know, the ability to, to store additional uh, chemicals or fuel inside of this unit as well and it allows you to focus on specific repairs but also you know we can store tires and, and get things done that others just you know with regular trucks can't do and what, so what's your range on this thing um, how far are you going to go out to service your own trucks overall you're looking at about 125 air mile radius you know whether it's north south east or west and anything outside of that just really depends on what the scope of the damage is and the repair mm. what did it cost you to set this thing up uh, 100k plus yeah, yeah, it, it's about 124 grand for for this unit specifically, uh, with every all the bells and whistles on it. We wanted to make sure that we had everything. You weren't uh, joking when like you that. said that this industry is capital intensive. Absolutely, man. Anything you want to buy, tool, car, mm -hmm. mobile unit, it's a lot of money. If you could go back and get a second chance at starting your business, yeah. Andrew, what would you do differently? Can you think of a number of things and why? Uh, a few things, but most of them are really from a self-reflection standpoint. I know that, I, I did not make it easy to work with initially, mm -hmm. I think. Were you, were you hard was to just, work with? I, I was too in touch with my emotions. I think <laughs> that now in general, my emotions are going to be a, a, a side piece to what I do in there, just in regards to passion. But uh, a lot of times people who are, are, have a lot of emotion and are uh, get really frustrated and, and show it on their face and show it to their peers, hmm. it, it creates a, a bad work environment. I think that that's what uh, trucking initially was for us in general. Hmm. It was a, an environment so where it was hard to thrive. It was hard to have morale because so much was going wrong all the was time. Was it just toxic? It, it, like, it, I would say, like, not not toxic, but I would say that there was just not a, a, a version of morale. It didn't make people want to come in every day. And, and that was at the very beginning because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to develop right. a culture. I appreciate and, being and, vulnerable. Can yeah. you share an example? Is it yeah. just you? getting upset at your employees and lashing out? I mean, I just think that overall, as business owners, we want things to be done in a certain way. And, and I think that for for me, a big thing was if it wasn't done in a certain way initially, mm -hmm. then I had to understand why you did not do it in a certain way. But I didn't teach you. I didn't yeah. show you enough things. Yeah. And, and now I see it in hindsight, but back then I really wish I could be more in touch with, hey, I, I can show them a little bit more. I could have uh, led them a little bit more in regards to the, just the beginning. So it sounds like to me, if I were to boil it down, it, it would be like maybe more training or more yeah. resources or yeah. maybe when you got started, you'd hire a mentor who already yeah. gone through your path to walk yeah. alongside you? Is that, Absolutely. Is that I understanding think that, you right? Man, that would have helped a lot. I mean, yeah. all I had was YouTube and Jim Rohn, yeah. and, and yeah. Jim Rohn unfortunately passed away. So, of course, I didn't go out and seek any type of help because I was so focused on trying to figure this out myself and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what are other companies doing? What are other, you know, what are other wisdom builders? And if I have any time, let me go search for a new customer because I just need one to work, the yeah. next one. How competitive is the transportation industry? Trucking is a bloodbath at any given point. Really? I, I'm going to be honest about like that. A bunch of sharks in the water. <laughs> there is a lot of people that are trying to take the food off of other guys' plates. And most people don't take kindly to it. Hmm. Trucking is not like tech. It's not thinking, oh, I have a more efficient business plan and I'm going to beat you at it. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, you have guys who are going to scratch and claw until uh, to make sure that their truck is paid and their families are fed. It's a very serious business. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to it being competitive, you're 
competing against people who basically need to compensate for only their livelihoods. And that's what gave us the edge. Because for the most part, you're looking at people who have very high standards with reporting, with tracking and tracing, and with problem solving. And those are things that most trucking companies can't compete with today mm. at a smaller scale. Wow. For example, I got a call from Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil had yeah. called me and they said, hey, I have 90 trailers in Laredo. It needed to go to Mississippi. So I thought, okay, I, I have enough trucks. I have all my trucks here for the weekend. Let me mm -hmm. figure something out. When we got there, we thought we were transporting tents and supplies, etc. By the time we got over to Mississippi, uh, got over to Laredo, I got calls from drivers that said, "Hey, I, I don't think we're just transporting tents and and supplies. Okay. You know, I, I don't know if there was giraffes. I don't know if there was tigers. Oh, Nobody knows, and I, I I won't comment on it. But at the same time, we got it there, and that's no the way. goal for us. I mean, just being sure that we can be a one-stop shop for people. Did you learn a lesson from the circus people? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe ask more questions, a little bit like, what exactly are we hauling? Uh, well, is it a giraffe? Is it a rhino? They said they needed it there now. And so I thought, okay, hey, gotcha. let's get it there. No problem. Awesome. And, and, and that's, that's just the key for us. We're going to do what we can with what we've got. That's the best attitude. Things you do every day, just keep yourself happy and moving forward every day. What do you want to talk about? Oh, man. Um, recently, I've gotten into cold plunging a lot. So first nice. thing in the morning. Yeah, you I know, know that. I do that. Get, get that out of the way, and then you're just you're feeling great. But, What's I the mean, temperature and how long? I got to stop. 46 for three minutes. 46. So not Ooh, too that's bad. Cold, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Anything under 50 is going to get you. Yeah. yeah. So other than that, though, just for me, if, if I'm not working, I'm probably just going to be doing CrossFit or working out. I mean, nice. for the most part, um, we, we compete in CrossFit here locally just for fun it's a big in thing in san antonio uh it is there, there's a couple of great uh great community um competitions that come out and and i've been doing it for roughly around seven years so when i'm not here in the office you know alongside my trucks i have a different persona i go out there and i'm able to encourage other guys and be able to to compete with them because back at, when you get in there all that matters is how much you can squat and deadlift and that's nice. really what matters to me is being able to change and be able to excel in something and compete because i always have that com competitive nature and, and i bring that over to my business as well that's awesome man well mm -hmm. you look healthy you look fit you're only 26 <laughs> and life right. is just getting started give us your three to five book recommendations that our viewers can read for the rest of the year man good ones uh my first one that always keeps because i'm a great communicator and i think i, I, think I owe a lot are. of that yeah. to uh how to win friends and influence people that's a really good book uh, in, in regards to communication a lot of simple steps mm -hmm. that allows you to to just keep uh you know, keep the conversation going. Yep. Number two, if you're already in business and you're trying to scale, Principles by Ray Dalio. That was okay. one that really helped me scale into where I am today. From 20 trucks, it helped me get out of that 20 truck rut and, and it helped me scale and, and realize that my business is an engine and I need to get as much horsepower from it as possible. All right, um, so Principles, what's the other one? Uh, principles, any. and then the third one would probably be Think and Grow Rich. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Think that's and Grow one. Rich. That's a book that really uh, sparked my mind and, and gave me an entrepreneurial mindset as well and really uh, gave me food for that entrepreneurial mindset. Awesome. While we're on the subject of young entrepreneurs, have you seen episode 172? Two 20 year olds build a food truck business from scratch and scaled it to $20,000 a month in a matter of seven months, all from a recipe they found online. Take a second to like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time.